Our second scripture reading this morning is from the book of Genesis, chapter 32, verses 22 through 31. The same night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his eleven children and crossed the ford of Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. The man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and you have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon Jacob as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So how is everyone sleeping these days? This is not a ploy to avoid preaching this morning's sermon. (laughs) Nor do I intend to have a town hall meeting on this congregation's sleep habits, although that might be interesting. Our scripture text this morning from Genesis reminds me of what can happen in those shadowy, elusive, wee hour of the morning times When we are awake and struggling, a good night's sleep can be hard to come by. I feel fortunate because I am able to rest well and sleep soundly most of the time, but there are those occasions, and one of them happened this week. How interesting that it coincided with this sermon. There are those occasions when I hear the clock strike one. I hear the clock strike two, I hear the clock strike three. My inclination is to review what I have eaten, wondering if I mistakenly snuck in some caffeine after 7 p.m., but that's seldom the case. More likely, I'm struggling. It might be a struggle that has me wound tightly, or a relationship that's in conflict, or worry over a child or a loved one, or the fear that I am losing control at something. I know that if I can let it be and get some rest, the morning light might change my perspective, even if the struggle is still there. My wee hour of the morning struggles are often with myself. I think I am my own opponent. So with whom exactly is Jacob struggling at Peniel? 
It seems clear to us from the text that there are two parties engaged in this wrestling match, Jacob and a man. But who is it? Is it really Jacob struggling with himself? Is it really Jacob struggling with God? With whom is Jacob struggling? Who is it? Sometimes those intensities that are within us often get so personified that when we are struggling at night, it often seems like there is someone else in the room with us when the struggle is with ourselves. Jacob claims that he has seen God in this wrestling match. He has seen God face to face. So God is there somewhere playing a significant role in this story. But is God Jacob's opponent? This wrestling match is quite a skirmish. It goes on the entire night. Jacob is injured, but prevails and adamantly refuses to let his opponent go until he gives Jacob a blessing. It is this request for a blessing that has led interpreters to conclude that Jacob is wrestling with God. But that's not certain. The story is not explicit. It's as if the writer does not want us to know too much other than there there is a struggle which leads to a blessing. Let's go back and review Jacob's life for a moment, because frankly, Jacob probably wouldn't make the cut for any of us in the best friend forever category. Jacob could use a good course in ethics. His very name, Jacob, means usurper trickster, cheat, and he has spent much of his life usurping what rightfully belongs to others. Jacob has lived by his wit, not by his strengths. He is the younger twin born to Isaac and Rebekah. So Esau, his brother, should have the birthright, but Jacob talks Esau out of the birthright in an exchange for a pot of stew when Esau is hungry and vulnerable. Jacob deceives his father Isaac into thinking that he is Esau, and Jacob steals the blessing rightfully given to the firstborn. When Esau discovers this, how do you think he feels? He is livid, understandably so. So Jacob knows he'd better get out of town. So Jacob flees to the home of his uncle Laban, and on the way Jacob has a dream about a ladder to heaven, And even God's promise that Jacob and his offspring will receive the land of Abraham and Isaac. When I read this story, I think it's a good thing that God does not require character references. Once settled into Laban's home, Jacob marries both of uh, Laban's daughters, Leah and Rachel. Jacob works hard for Laban, his uncle, But he ends up having to flee Laban's home because, once again, he usurps what is rightfully someone else's. Along with his wives and servants, Jacob also takes Laban's flocks and most of Laban's fortunes. Eventually, there is a covenant between Laban and Jacob, but Jacob realizes he has burned that bridge. And once again, he'd better leave. So he takes his wives, his children, his servants, the flocks, and he heads to the country of Edom, and he gets word that, guess what, Esau's going to come and meet him with 400 men from his army. 
not good news for Jacob. So hoping to dispel Esau's fury, Jacob sends gifts ahead to give to Esau to try to talk him out of any um, revenge that Esau might be planning. And then Jacob says to his two wives and his servants and his 11 children, you just go ahead. You go ahead of me and, and meet Esau, hoping that when Esau sees this family, that some sympathies will be evoked and that Jacob will be safe. Yes, Jacob is using his family to thwart any retribution by Esau. It's like I told you, he won't make the best friend forever category with too many people. But now he is left alone at the Jabbok, and the wrestling begins. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. Was Jacob wrestling with God personified as a man? Was Jacob wrestling with Esau? Was Jacob's struggle with Esau and everyone else whom Jacob had wronged? Was Jacob wrestling with an angel? Was Jacob really wrestling with himself? The certainty as to who is not clear. What is clear is that there was a long night of struggle. Sometimes there are many players in our struggles. But in our struggles, God is always present somewhere. God plays a part in our wrestling matches somewhere, somehow. Now, I am not advocating in any way for sleepless and restless nights of tossing and turning. They don't do our mental and physical health any good at all. But I do think this passage teaches us that there are times when we have to struggle. There are times when we have to engage as fully as Jacob did in his own wilderness at Jabbok. Jan Richardson, an artist and poet, has said, It seems to be one of the ways the angels choose to minister to us, knowing that there are times when a good struggle does come to our wilderness, and we need not to kick back and rest, but we need to struggle. We need to wrestle. We need to be stretched to our limits. We need to reach deep into the reserves that we did not know we had. And God gets caught up with us in these struggles because that is part of our relationship with God. You see, in our struggles, we will meet our God face to face. But it's not always easy. It can be quite a wrestling match because God calls us to truth. God calls us to the truth about ourselves and that can hurt. Sometimes we are wounded even as we are changed. Jacob's opponent says, what is your name? And Jacob answers, my name is Jacob. And in that answer, Jacob is giving the truth about what he has been. He has been a trickster. He has been a cheat. He has taken what belongs to others. Yet, Jacob struggles well. Jacob learns that he can hold his own. But most importantly, Jacob knows that in this struggle, 
There is one present who can do for Jacob what Jacob cannot do for himself. Jacob cannot bless himself. Even with the daylight coming, Jacob refuses to let it all end until he has been blessed. Jacob is not going to let God go until Jacob receives what Jacob cannot give himself. God's blessing. In the words of a song written by Gary Richardson, I want to be yours, God. If I'm going to face you, I've got to take my stand. I've got to prevail. For I am as you have made me in your image. And God, God, I will not let you go until you bless me. Without God's blessing, there is only usurper, cheat, trickster, charlatan. I want to be yours, God. If I'm going to face you, I have to take my stand for who I really am is one created in your image. And I need your blessing. I love this about Jacob, even though Jacob would never make my best friend category. I love this about Jacob because how often do we hold on to God in that impassioned way? Usually we give up on God, wondering if God has any relevance at all or if God even exists. But not Jacob. Jacob works hard. He struggles well. Even with his wound, he holds on to God until he is blessed. Jacob wants to know the name of his opponent, but he's not given that. God in God's hiddenness doesn't give away everything. But Jacob does receive the blessing that he so fervently demands. But it was only obtained after a wrestling match, a night of struggle. Listen as Jan Richardson describes this scripture story in her poem, Jacob's Blessing. If this blessing were easy, anyone could claim it. As it is, I am here to tell you that it will take some work. This is the blessing that visits you in your struggling, in your wrestling, in your striving. This is the blessing that comes after you have left everything behind, after you have stepped out, after you have crossed into that realm beyond every landmark you have known. This is the blessing that might take all day and all night to find. It's not that this blessing is so difficult as if it were not filled with grace or with love that lives in every line of the blessing. It's simply that this blessing requires you to want it. This blessing requires you to ask for it. This blessing requires you to place yourself in its path. It demands that you rise to meet it when it arrives. That you stretch yourselves in ways that you didn't know you could. It demands that you not give up. So when this blessing comes, born in the hands of this difficult being who has chosen you, do not let go. Give yourself into the grip of this blessing. It might wound you. It might change you. But I tell you, there will come a day when what felt to you like limping will be something more like dancing. 
as you move into the cadence of your new blessedness. The biblical scholar Walter Brueggemann calls us to task if we think this text is just about an individual's encounter with God. You see, in this scripture text this morning, this is the beginning of Israel, God's chosen people, chosen to enter the struggle and the challenge of relationship with God in order to share the creator with the whole world. This is a daunting call for us to be in relationship with God in order to share God with the world. Because you know what? We don't always understand God. Sometimes God is elusive and hard for us to nail down, as in this text. How do we share God with the world? It is only as we grow in relationship with God and all the wonders and challenges that we learn how to share God with others and tell our own stories of struggle and wrestling and meeting God face to face. The name Jacob is replaced with Israel, which means God is here. God is overall. You see, the nation of Israel is not formed by success or shrewdness or quick fixes, but by wrestling and struggling and meeting God face to face in those struggles. So what about the world of 2017? How is this world forming? And how are we part of it? Do we kick back and put our feet up, always looking for the next quick fix or easy solution? Do we wish God would just take away the hard things? Or do we struggle long, hard, and well, calling upon those resources God has given us that we never knew we had and reminding ourselves that, yes, indeed, we are, all of us, all of us created in God's image. And that means something. And we can remind God with fervent resolve, hey, God, hey, God, we can't do this alone. We can't. We need your blessing. We need your blessing. Now, I pray that your nights will give you good rest and sleep. And that there aren't too many wrestling matches in your wee hours of the mornings. Let your fears and the darkness rest in God. But when the dawn breaks, Remember that in struggle, there is also blessing. And with that blessing, joy, possibility, grace, and meeting God face to face. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.